evening and welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole, the podcast all about the wonders of children's books. We've got a really fun episode for you this evening. Uh, I'm Hannah. I'm joined by co-host from Down the Rabbit Hole, Caroline Carpenter, and we are also joined by Piers Torday and Daisy May Johnson. Good evening and welcome, everyone. Hello. So this is a slightly unusual session this evening, which is based on a game that uh, I played a few years ago with uh, my now husband when we were watching the adaptation of Inkheart, uh, where the main character's father has the ability to read characters in and out of books, to which we said, well, if you could do that, why on earth wouldn't you carry passages round in your pockets or tattoo something on your skin so that in an emergency you could call on any book character you needed? And we then had a discussion saying, well, you know, there's limited pocket space or limited skin that one can tattoo. Which characters would you pick if you needed a crack team? Uh, And we ended up putting this online and over 100 people got involved with their team and who they thought would be impressive. And can you have a Marvel superhero? Does that count? And so I thought it would be fun to play the children's books edition. Uh, And so I have asked all of our guests, uh, including myself, to come up with three children's book characters that they would want to have on call for any kind of emergency. So I haven't given a specific emergency, so these have had to be quite broad teams. Uh, So everyone's had a bit of a chance to think. uh, And once we've gone over everyone's, we'll talk about what gaps we might have in our teams, what characters we'd recommend people have join each other's teams to to round everything out. So um, Daisy, can I ask you to go first and present your team? Oh gosh, yeah, sure. Right. So when you presented this scenario, I was a little bit like, where do you begin because my interests kind of lean like towards the classic era Mm -hmm. of children's books like the 50s and sort of earlier than that and I was thinking hmm and then it kind of boiled down to as like I look at my list now to people who can do a good meal in a crisis (laughs) right essentially (laughs) it's what I need is someone who can pat me on the back and go it's all right love here are Mm -hmm. some freshly baked scones So I've gone for my first one is um, Anne from The Famous Five by Enid Blyton. Interesting. Well, yeah, because I think she gets a bit of a bad rap. Well, that's what I was going to say. If I'm completely honest, if I was picking someone from The Famous Five, I'm not sure Anne would have nest why Uh, Anne. I I, I have my, my case sort of laid out for this. Excellent. It's fair enough to be running across the moors and sorting out problems and... I don't know, having a hearty dinner with someone. But you want the person who can make a bed out of like a twig (laughs) and a bit of bush (laughs) at the end of the day or the person who can fling a four-course meal together with, I don't know, an egg and a leaf. You know, you want that person who can just go, look, I'm a bit freaked out by what's going on because I I, I like honesty. I'm here for Mm -hmm. that. Let's have dinner and sort it out okay okay yeah no I can see that makes sense yeah um, yeah I'd have I'd have picked George what about you guys Caroline and Piers yeah I, 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 I wouldn't have necessarily gone for Anne but I do appreciate the you know staying fed aspect <laughs> I think it's safe to say that every team does need an Anne and I hadn't yeah. really appreciated this but it's someone who can just hold the ship together and, you know, make sure, because actually, as we're all learning, um, uh, logistics are an essential part of any uh, mission. <laughs> and Anne, Anne would have logistics covered. I think She'd be able to do this with her eyes closed, right? She'd mm-hmm. be able to just go, look, 
I know there's aliens and I know we're being invaded and, you know, pow, pow, zap, zap. Let's have lunch and then we'll get it sorted. I, I, I just have such a faith in that approach. It's true. Looking at my team, I don't think I actually have the calm and reassuring presence in mind. So uh, you have already created a hole in my team. Okay, who's your number two? All right. So I'm running on a bit of a theme here um, with uh, A's. So I decided to go for Anne Alice from the Whitby books by Robin Jarvis. I haven't read those. Can you tell us a bit about? about Yeah, so sort of um, I think it was early 90s uh, sort of fantasy set in Whitby, um, which is near where I grew up. So obviously I had that massive connection to them by going, oh, Mm -hmm. look, they're walking down a street that I know about. But Anne Alice is um, uh, an elderly lady who adopts sort of two young kids and basically supernatural shenanigans occur over three very big, weighty books. And I think they got lost a little bit like in the 90s, kind of Mm -hmm. slightly after um, Golden Ages and slightly after too early for like contemporary publishing at the moment. Mm -hmm. So they got lost a little bit. And and Alice is, again, she's that great person in a crisis who goes, okay, this is what's happening. This is how we're going to deal with it. And also she'll, she'll like lamp the bad guy if, if, he, <laughs> if, if he needs lamping. So I am very down with that kind of practical, emotional, occasionally bash him over the head if it's getting a bit too much. Mm-hmm. And she will sacrifice herself for people and she's, in touch with like the supernatural elements of things she's very open and very honest and I was like right okay yeah clearly as I go through this I just need people to pat me on the back my team is essentially <laughs> great patting on the back people does um, she have yeah. does she have any magic or is it that she's no aware? but she's kind of she can cast like light spells if my memory is is correct but she's more aware of it and in touch with the fantastical and the supernatural okay one of the kids she looks after has like the second sight and it's a big plot point throughout the thing but um she's just kind of like this very cool nana who lives in a very amazing little yard in Whitby and I was like oh I I really enjoy that um so yeah and Alice from the Whitby books okay is, is she a bit like the Charles Xavier of our uh team mm. in the sense she's kind of she can connect with things but also she's a responsible pastoral sort of you know a bit of a sort of head teacher like figure in a way looking after people in her well yeah I think so yeah I think um she's definitely like the Professor X type for sure um she will bring it all together and go this isn't great is it lads and you all go (laughs) no it's not but then you know we'd all sort it out and Anne could bring um in dessert or something whilst we're getting it done (laughs) (laughs) she made me think from your description of um Minty from Journey to the River Sea is it that is there a similar sort of vibe there yeah that kind of Eva Ibbotson kind of Mm -hmm. older capable woman and it's like as I was putting this together and thinking about your your sort of ideas I was like oh my god this is exactly why I've um, just finished working on for like my own writing I was thinking this is exactly what I'm into Mm -hmm. Is seeing what happens when these um, older women come into children's books and, and kind of play around with the space there. It really interests me. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. revelation time. There was that thing that Eva Ibbotson said, wasn't it? She said, if I'm ever in doubt with a book or in trouble, I always stick in a couple of aunts. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I think actually, from our purposes, an, an aunt should be an essential team 
Remember, yeah. every children's kid lit team needs a good aunt to sort them out. I think that's an excellent point. I'm thinking about all of Eva Ibbots and aunts now and all of those kind of characters who step in with the, the practical no-nonsense. But you can um, imagine them all like lined up at the end of Endgame <laughs> or something. <laughs> just this line of like Eva Ibbots and aunts ready to take it on. You'd just be like, yeah, I'm done. That's yeah, it. eat your heart out, Avengers. We just need some <laughs> aunts. Okay. That's a symbol. Number three. Uh, so I've kind of gone, and this is slightly cheeky, so forgive me, um, but I've kind of gone for Eloise and her nanny as kind of one pairing, great, Ooh. badass group thing. Because I think, A, Eloise would get you, she'd annoy everyone a lot. So again, tell, tell everyone about um, Eloise and oh, her yes, nanny. Yes, so, 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 so. Um, Eloise is a picture book series. It was written in, I think, the 50s, was it? Somewhere around there. Um, but it's it was about a little girl who's essentially abandoned. It's quite tragic circumstances that she lives in a hotel. Her mum is incredibly glamorous and kind of floats in every now and then and floats out. And her mm -hmm. main companion in this is this incredibly capable nanny type who you know, puts her feet up on the sofa, has to have a glass of um, sort of something bubbly to get through the day, has these amazing outfits that she puts on. And Eloise is fascinated by the contraptions of like the underwear and the stockings and how she's pulling it all up and stuff. And the two of them go and create mishaps and adventures around the hotel, which is based on the um, uh, hotel in New York. They go abroad, they go to Paris and, and uh, Moscow. The Moscow one's an amazing read uh, on a number of levels. But what's more interesting is how the two of them kind of take on the world and never let the world beat them down or knock them over. And even though Eloise has these really sort of difficult circumstances that she lives in, she goes out and kicks ass every single way, every single day. And she's such an inspiring um figure I was thinking do you know what do I need someone to do like the fighty fighty bit and you know the kind mm -hmm. of antagonizing the enemy bit and I thought well yeah you know just push Eloise out in front and she'd just go and and, and like kill them with a thousand questions and <laughs> job done death by um, irritation and also can I say what Eloise brings that is definitely missing from my team but she brings glamour because mm. Uh, mm. her intimate knowledge of the very finest hotels <laughs> and it's a very uh, high class world. scrap <laughs> it's a very mm. high class scrap like she 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 brings that kind of jet set kind of international uh glamour which i think is is an, is an essential for any squad geography as well there haven't you in terms of an understanding of if you're going to a different country for a crisis or something like that you've got someone who actually understands which again admittedly i, I think she'd be nothing. kind of poor if you went somewhere like um that didn't have its own fashion week <laughs> or something, you know. <laughs> if it didn't have a fashion week, then I think Eloise would struggle a little bit. So I think maybe that's a, that's a weakness of the team. Uh, but then, you know, at that point, I hope we just all sit down and have some cake together and sort it out. I love that your team is such a reflection of your writing as well. Your <laughs> list came through and I was like, of course, of course, that's <laughs> list. It's we just all have a hug and a pat, a calm down <laughs> and a bit of a bun. Okay, right, so that's one team down. Caroline, take us through um, yours. Okay, um, so it's a very different team to Daisy's. Mm -hmm. um, 
definitely not as much cake and tea sadly the first person that I picked was BT from the Hunger Games good one um mainly because he has that technological sort of scientific mind that I really don't have Mm -hmm. um so I think that he would be a really good person for anything in that kind of area that yeah I I think that's great I I have a tech person as well this is your open the banks turn off the security system type person which I think is very good to have and just thinking about things in a different way and he although he's he's quite you know, a more reserved character. He also do, he does have that killer instinct as well. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, to be a Hunger Games victor, so that's why I chose BT from the Hunger Games. The second person is somebody. I was trying to think of characters that it more for the kind of heist scenario. Maybe had kind of spy mm-hmm. or detective kind of elements. Um, so one person I did consider was Fatty from the Five Find Outers because we all need to have um, disguises and invisible ink made out of lemon juice. So but... I don't know the Five Find Outers. Can oh. you? I know. And this is also been great with people's lists because yeah. not all of you have had at least one that I haven't read. So, yeah, so um... this isn't the person that I've eventually gone with, but um, the Five Find Outers and a dog, I think is the, the name of the series. It's Enid Blyton series and it's, um, you know, kind of the typical a group of kids who mm-hmm. like solving mysteries and yeah, I guess the kind of main character in it really is is Fatty. Um and he has um all these disguises and he loves doing spy things and he's just that person. He would be that person in the team. But I guess the the character that I've actually gone for is a slightly more modern version in a way it's a slightly different twist on that kind of detective character and it's Pippa Fitzamobi from Holly Jackson's A Good Girl's Guide to Murder oh why um, yes and she is a teen detective and I don't know if anyone has read the latest book in the trilogy but she goes from sort of detective working out other people's crimes to then kind of being on the other side of it I won't, I won't say to you, but I just think that she has the skills to both detect things and also cover things up and think about all of those little details and analytical things in a way that could be quite useful in a crisis. So that's why I've gone Got for her. Antagonist energy in your team, which I think is a really, <laughs> really good one to have. And I have also got one of those in my team. So obviously I've been quite self-congratulatory, but I... I uh, <laughs> I really like that idea. I think that's really fun. Someone who can cover up any messes that you've made. Yeah, well. and also just I think would be really good at investigating anything as well. Because, yeah, like you said, I wasn't sure what, what scenarios to prepare for. So just had to yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, but that's, that's the point. It's you never know what might happen yeah. for, this, for, for this game. So it's you're trying to cover as many areas as possible. Yeah, and on that note, the third person on my team, well, they're, they're not a person. They're an animal slash deity I think is the best description I have um, a suspicion yeah because I was trying to think um that I'm, I'm lacking a bit of of muscle but also I thought I was probably lacking magic as well and I thought of this character who kind of combines both Aslan from the Chronicles of Narnia mm. 
um, because I thought who better to have on the team than a, than a sort of magical lion. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of going back to what Piers was saying earlier, I feel like as well as his his magical abilities and his strength and his power, Aslan also has that air of authority that I would probably be looking for in the team. Yeah, you just want someone who you feel like you can trust and who can be a leader, I suppose. I think and, and he's very, very hard to kill, as he shows on a number of occasions. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, I, I, I considered Aslan for my team as well. He's also rideable, which I think is a... A, Ooh, a transport. transport consideration. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think he's a lovely choice. Okay, right. So that's Caroline's team. Piers, who have you got? So uh, we start with um, Mariah Jones from The Box of Delights by John Macefield. Mm-hmm. Um, and if listeners don't know the book, um, they should be ashamed of themselves. No, if listeners don't <laughs> know the book, uh, it's a wonderful early very early 1930s children's classic by John Macefield about some children who end up discovering a little tiny magical box that can transport them and it's under threat at Christmas from lots of wolves who represent all kinds of aligned forces and one of these children is Mariah Jones and the reason I've chosen her is firstly Mariah never goes anywhere without her pistols and I just think we need someone in a team who never goes anywhere without pistols so she's 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 armed. She's our mm-hmm. you know action hero. Um, secondly, she's quite no- notorious. Um, she says that she is well known in school circles, having been expelled from at least three. <laughs> so I think that brings a satisfactory level of kind of kind of in- infamy to the mm-hmm. uh, to the to the team. Um, she's really fearless. She's very very rude to nearly everyone she meets. Uh, she doesn't suffer fools gladly. Uh, so she would absolutely be our front, you know, um, kind of, she's our, she's our hero energy. She's our action. She's your, in my, yeah. she's your party face, as they say, yeah. in Dungeons yeah. & Dragons teams. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's her. And um, yeah, she brings, she brings all those um, different, different energies. Um, and she also likes to, but she also... She does, and she likes to play games. Uh, she plays a game called Robber Tea, which is essentially sitting under a blanket and eating sausages you've toasted on the fire with a fork. So she can kind of do, I think, I just think she can do a little bit of Anne. Like, <laughs> she's not she's not full Anne, but she's got, she can sort of look after the, you know, she in, in an emergency, I think she, she, she could rustle up a barbecue in an, in an emergency. You've got some survival um, skills in there. Yeah. Um, so that's my action. And then mm-hmm. the sort of, uh, I do think in terms of literature, I do think some magic, we've all got a bit of magic and I think magic mm-hmm. would be useful. And I've chosen Jed slash Sparrowhawk from the Wizard of Earth Sea. Uh, I don't know why I'm showing mm-hmm. the book on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Lovely edition. Uh, series. Um, and again, I hope most people listening, maybe if they don't, it, it's a fantasy about a young man who becomes this incredibly strong wizard over a number of books and he ends up defeating dragons but in the first book he's a young uh sort of trainee wizard mastering his skills who gets into a spot of bother with a very nasty shadow who he defeats um but basically um one of jed's amazing things as you may have guessed by his other name 
is that he can turn himself into a sparrowhawk. And I that is quite useful. I just mm-hmm. think the ability to suddenly turn into a winged predatory animal uh, is, is a pretty unique skill and pretty useful to any team. Um, but he also has command of deep magic. So he has a bit like in the, quite similar to Dune actually, but he has the voice so he can, can change he can, can change things um, mm. and he can name things, giving them their real name as a way of kind of defeating them. So he is, he is bringing serious kind of tactical nuclear weapons magic to mm-hmm. the squad. Like he's got serious powers, but he is vulnerable and he's young and he's a bit arrogant. So I was going to say, does he play well with others? No. So that's why <laughs> I've surrounded him with the third, the third team member. <laughs> is the gorilla uh, Sally Jones. There's two Joneses in my team, but they're definitely not related. Sally Jones is, uh, as many people will know, a wonderful gorilla slash ship's engineer from The Murderer's Ape by uh, Jacob Bergelius. Um, and Sally is not only a ship's engineer, she's a detective. And uh, she's proven over two, three books that she's very good at solving mysteries. And Sally is... I suppose she is my, also my Aslan, my Aunt Alice. She is my grounding, you know, she's calm. Um, <coughs> she plays chess. So she's a strategist. Mm-hmm. She's thoughtful. She's tough. She's brave. She can handle herself. But she is, you know, very, examines the situation, very methodical, very methodical doesn't rush into things and also goes with the flow. So she's the kind of grounding force for my team. Okay. And then finally, uh, I have, from the first time I've played this game, and he's always been on my team, even when I had options of every every book under the sun, I have Artemis Fowl on my team because he's my, he's my tech genius. Uh, he's my, I feel like you should have a child on your team, um, which I think we all have actually got at least one kid on our team. Um, and he's got act- he doesn't have magic, but there's there's an interplay with magic, and I, I wanted a bit of that um, antagonism energy for Artemis. And I am I feel like I have to say this very much referring to the book Artemis and not the film Artemis, which I haven't seen because the trailer was enough, and um, I don't want to see Artemis Fowl being a goodie. I, I claim this baddie for my team, and then I picked. Um, Pendlebury from the Midnight Guardians by Ross Montgomery. Um, so for anyone who hasn't read uh, the Midnight Guardians, it's about a young boy whose imaginary friends slash childhood toys come to life just before Christmas when he really needs them. And Pendlebury is a tiger, uh, but she's not just any tiger. She is a tiger who can grow and shrink. So she has the sort of Aslan quality of being, of she can be absolutely gigantic. Um, but she also can shrink. So she can just be really tiny. So you've got a spy type character. She can get in any space. Um, and she's also lovely. She was probably my favorite character from um, Ross's book. Uh, so she's, yeah, she's my transport. She's my muscle. She's my spy master. All in one. Uh, and then my third, I panicked with my third. I went backwards and forwards a lot. Um, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should have someone with some all-out magic. Um, but in the end, I picked Paddington Bear. Um, 
because I just wanted some some good vibes on my team. Um, and I suppose Paddington Daisy is my Anne, in a way. I can see that. I can see that because they both got that kind of duffel coat comforting vibe. I think duffel <laughs> coats are like inherently comforting. And if you see someone in a duffel coat, you think, right, you are going to be a good emotional place for me to be if I'm yeah. having a bit of a panic. Yeah, I feel like you need some emotional support on your team. Um, he's probably my closest one to the survival skills um, and food making because I feel like he comes with marmalade sandwiches, um, mm. which I, I don't like, but are perfectly nutritious. And then he's also got the hard stare. So he's also got the intimidation. That is lean. <laughs> you know, so I feel like so that that is my team. So like everyone's put out their first three now. So one thing I also want to ask is who's your who is your team captain of the three that you've picked so far? Who's leading your team? You may jump in. Uh, I think for me it has to be Aslan. You sort of have to put God at the front of your team. It's <laughs> <laughs> Paul's rank a little bit. Um, yeah. I think I would have. I think the best team leader would be Sally Jones, mm. but I think Mariah Jones would not be happy about that. Um, so there would be a bit of tension, but I think I'm just going to have to put she, Mariah Jones would not be a good leader. She's far too um, impulsive. Mm-hmm. So thoughtful, good Sally Jones, the detective of Grunerismo. And do you think Ged would fall in line? Well, he is he is a bit of a dark, literally a dark uh, horse, um, but he has a very strong sense of honour and... Mm-hmm. Uh, loyalty so I think he yeah he would understand what's required but he might just need some me time every now and then just go off and be <laughs> dark in a corner uh, <laughs> and wrestle with shadows okay a daisy um hmm. see I think um like Nanny and Aunt Alice would form like a coalition but an mm-hmm. actual productive coalition mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they would share power fairly equally but I'm more concerned about like now the fact that I want to bring a pony into this adventure because I need transport. You've made me. Well, all I was going to say, but we'll, we'll get to we'll get I need, to. I, I what's need missing. more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, from okay for mine. Annoyingly, in some ways, it's more practical for it to be Artemis, but that also could lead down a very dark path. So I'm probably actually going to put Paddington as my just team captain and morale, and he will also keep Artemis in line. Is my feel. So going on from what uh, Daisy has said. What do we now feel might be missing from our teams, having listened to others? Or do we have any suggestions that anyone else's team, um, bits that we think might be missing? So, Daisy, you were just saying you felt you were missing transport. Yeah, I need a pony. I, I think okay. I'm going to lobby hard for a pony. Because um, I was thinking, uh, can I fit one in somehow? Um, <laughs> somehow we need a horse. And I'm going to go then for Thaura from the Silver Brumby by Elaine Mitchell. Or Elaine, I'm never quite sure how to pronounce her first name, so apologies if I get that wrong. Um, who was uh, the Silver Brumby, was a silver wild horse who lived in Australia. And he was the king of a Brumby herd and solved loads of issues and was just pretty cool all the way through. And I thought, as you were all saying about like Aslan, and I'm thinking... I need a horse. So I'm I'm adding on my own volition. We're having an extension put on the side of the house and we're having a pony. <laughs> okay. Uh, Caroline, I feel like 
everyone else has said an Anne character, and I feel that's possibly yeah. You're like yeah, I don't center. Yeah, I guess I was thinking maybe you know since I don't have a lot of physical. Um, are we on these teams as well? Oh yeah, you're you're there. You're, oh, okay. you're there. Bring whatever skills you have to bring. Yeah, I, I think maybe that since I don't have you know the physical prowess or the magical mm-hmm. abilities, I you know sandwiches are are what I can offer. So maybe I can be Anne. <laughs> so I can make a cup of tea. So yeah. I also wanted to talk about Aslan, and I feel like Piers, because I know that you're a big uh, Narnia aficionado. Is my only worry with Aslan when I was considering him, um, who came up with a couple of other characters that we discussed when we first played this game, is do I trust them to actually be there at the important moment and not leaving me to learn an important lesson? I 100% cannot trust Aslan. <laughs> uh, uh, just, just when you need him the most, Aslan would be like, um, no child, this is this is the real purpose of your time here. Like, no, no, I need your, <laughs> need your help. you know, villain defeating skills. Um, yeah, that might be a problem. That, that was my concern for a few characters, because I feel like there's so many great, like, fatherly characters in children's literature who are wonderful and kind and we love and, and look up to them. And then they'll just be that sort of, this is your moment in a way that you often don't want it to be your moment. So that was my my only concern on that team. But then I can't really say much because I've got Artemis Fowl, who didn't start with your, your best interests at heart. So I probably need a more stable influence on mine. What about you, Piers? Who do you think, now that you've listened to everyone else, that you could be missing? Well, I feel, um, particularly having listened to Caroline's team, I feel... And like and Artemis has got quite good kind of technical, you know, mm-hmm. skills with all those sort of secret weapons and things. So, um, uh, and Anne is very practical. So I feel I don't have a, I don't have a very like Mariah's not practical. She's very brave, which is not very mm-hmm. very practical. Jed is very magical, but he lives in his own world. Uh, Sally is quite, Sally Sally is practical, but she's going to be too busy kind of leading. I need a sort of, mm-hmm. she needs some sort of practical tech support. So I'm going to throw in Professor Brainstrawn. Oh, that's uh, such a nice. good one. And he's, he's not, not your traditional view of tech support, but everything would be held together by Heath Robinson pulley uh, and be bubbling. But I also think that would add a bit of, that might just confuse the enemy because they'd be so busy trying to work out what on earth he was trying to do that we'd, we'd have made our getaway. So he's going to be our slightly eccentric. Uh, tech tech support. I love that. Also, you've got your transport sorted with it. It, it is him who's got the inflatable cars. Uh, right. Most probably. That's one of his <laughs> inventions. And then, I mean, defeated by a pin. But um... yeah, I'm relying on Jed for transport because he can fly and give us a lift and he can sail. So he's got a boat. So he's, that's my slightly cheating okay, way to okay. transport. And, and he also gets to drag him in the end, I think. So yeah, I think we're good for flying it's like and your final boss like dropping yeah. a dragon in <laughs> <laughs> are there any other comments that we wanted to make on any other teams or are we happy with everyone's slightly extended or gaps that they need to fill <laughs> I'd, I'd love to do a villain's version oh uh, yes oh, yeah, if you if you wanted to take over the world who would you pick yeah, yeah. 
I mean, Artemis Fowl is kind of might qualify for both, but it's true. He has a slight redemption arc, though. I always think I always thought it was so clever in the writing of Artemis, in that he's doing all of these despicable things because he wants to make his mum better. So I feel like That's he has that edge. But I don't know who else I'd pick for my if I was doing a villain team. In a way, I feel like I'd go Hunger Games slightly for um and I'd yeah. take Snow, I think, if I was oh, doing yes. a villain version. Well, in that um, case, I would just go full on and have uh, Sauron. Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean, on the other hand, he's quite limited physically, one could argue, mm. in terms of what he's capable of doing. But yes, I can see that you're you're getting the again. The, it the would, unfortunately, the only thing with Sauron is it would be fine if he was trying to take over anywhere within blasting distance of Mordor. Yes. But I but... think not much use anywhere else, so it might be a bit restricted. You see, if we're dropping like Lord of the Rings in, I would say maybe Denethor for me, because I think he's much more... Like Sauron just comes across to me like I want stuff. I'm an evil dude, um, mm-hmm. but Denethor is so messed up and so dark with it, and so kind of like genuinely disturbing. I think you know he would freak a lot of people out. But I was thinking like maybe Cruella Deville. Mm. Oh, that I think someone from like Dodie Smith's very sweet, lovely books with this massive subtext of horror and darkness to them. I think that's quite an interesting place to be and to find someone. Yeah, and no, I think that's good. I actually think it's, well, taking from The Hobbit, actually, I think if I was going to pick another villain, I might go for Smeagol. Because yeah. that is drive. Yeah. That is relentless <laughs> drive that basically takes him across an entire continent yeah. surviving torture. As long as you've got the ring, I realise it otherwise is a, is a dangerous proposition. But if you have the ring of power, then Smeagol is actually, it's quite the asset. He's very goal orientated. Like he'd go and get it. <laughs> you, just, you just need his goal to be your goal. Yeah, um, would be what I would say. Oh, maybe we'll have to do another one in another season where we ask people to come on with their villain teams for taking over the world. Villains and hench, hench people. Henchmen. Oh yeah, no, you need some yeah. sidekicks as well, actually. Yeah. So to to make your whole team, mm. oh, that's a good one to consider. Okay, well, I think that's probably been um, a pretty great roundup of what everyone's picked I, I just love hearing this from you because I also I feel like there's a real reflection as well Piers in that in your writing and that obviously you've adapted the box of delights for the stage and I know that that one's really important to you so as soon as your list came through and I saw uh one of those characters I was like of course um and I just love listening to people's lists so thank you for uh indulging me in playing this game because it's been a huge amount of fun well, we are nearing the end um, of our recording for today, but I wanted to take a moment for you both to let us know what you're working on, what's coming up and what people can expect from you in the next year or so. Uh, Piers, do you want to go first? Uh, yes. Um, so the paperback of The Wild Before has just come out, which is mm-hmm. the prequel to the last uh, Wild series. Um, and I'm working on a, a new book um, and coming out next year. And I can't say too much about it just because we haven't agreed everything but um, what I can say it is going to be about trees uh, a lot about trees I'm really obsessed by trees and um uh and it's but it, but it, in the world of children's uh fantasy um and I'm also adapting another children's classic to be a Christmas 
play, but unfortunately, I can't say what that is. Oh, but it, no. it, it won't be a surprise. <laughs> it won't be a. It's just I feel like I'm really. I can't it tell you, but, but it won't. It won't. It won't be a surprise. But it is. It's really wonderful. I'm really excited to be doing it. Oh, amazing! Okay, and Daisy. Um. So I have how to be true coming out in July of this year in the UK and America September, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is uh, a sequel to How to Be Brave. So it's boarding school buns and this time it features Edie and is all about her backstory and her um adventures and how she got to be the uh little revolutionary that she is and I love this book very much I'm really excited to see it get out into the world I am Um, reading it at the moment and ah. enjoying your glorious footnotes (laughs) I do love a good book of footnotes it's because I'm very forgetful I whack a footnote in every (laughs) now and then to remind me of the bits It, it entertains me a lot um and then after that, we are plotting um, the next adventure in that series. But I'm going to be like mysterious. I go, mm. but yeah, Only plotting is occurring. Similarly cagey. I know it's awful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's OK. You, you, it may not surprise you to know that we get this with most of our guests who are like, I'm working on something terribly exciting, which I won't tell you about. Um, okay, lovely. Thank you so much for joining me. And to all of our listeners, please do share your teams with us on social media because this is one of my favourite games of all time and I could play it all day, every day. So please do send us a tweet or send us a message on Instagram so we can share some of the best put together teams. We'll be back uh, next week with another episode. And please remember to check out uh, our bookshop on bookshop.org where you can find all of the books that we've talked about today so that you can start assembling your own team. Uh, And uh, happy reading.